Praise God. Good to be back in South Africa. Hey! You know, I hadn't seen some of y'all in a long time, and some of y'all said, oh, your hair is turning gray. And I'm like, yeah, but your hair is turning loose. <laughs> Forgive me, I'm from the hood, you know, and sometimes hood people get off the, you know, kind of get off the beaten path every now and again. And, uh, you know, then Prophet John messed around with my message this morning. I'm like, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Pastor Helen touched it, but I pushed her off in the spirit. I said, get up. Get away from me. And she shifted gears. I'm like, Debs. All right. Debs. I got Debs. I got some Debs on there. Got some Debs. But I couldn't move, Prophet John. I was trying. I was praying the Holy. I was making up a language. I don't know if it was Holy Ghost or what. I was talking in Chinese and stuff and trying to hold my nose. I mean, it was just, that brother wasn't moving. So I said, well, I don't care if the altar calls to get pregnant. I'm going to make this one. Amen. Because when you can't move the man of God, just join him. And, man, the Lord tore me up this morning. They, oof. Every now and then, you got to just let the Lord mess up your wig and mess up your makeup and, amen, and just go for it. Amen. amen. And thank you all for coming tonight. Uh, remember, you all invited me. So that's your warning. Amen. amen. I didn't invite myself. I was invited. So praise God. Uh, you all keep praying for us. I, you know, we really believe in God to do something in America. Amen. You know, they don't even know their gender anymore. I read a text, uh, a story from John Wayne from many years ago. John Wayne, the old country guy. Young people, y'all don't know, y'all missed out on some good TV back then. But uh, John Wayne, uh, back then they had a problem with something with gender and everything. And John Wayne said, well, if you kick them in the groin and they fall forward, it's a man. <laughs> if they fall backwards, it's a woman. It's very simple, guys. It's very simple. So if you don't know what you are, Come on up. I got my favorite boots on tonight. We can figure it out for you real quick. Amen. You know, I'm just saying, I mean, Jesus, I might know a lot of things about me, but I, I know that for sure. Lord, I ain't got no sugar in my blood. Amen. I'm full man, man, nothing but man. Amen. I spent months and months and months in the desert with a bunch of men. I never seen nothing I ever want to look at again. Amen. No, Lord. Mm-mm. No. I don't even know why women enjoy. Mm-mm. No. Oh, no. I had to go for a job interview on a Zoom, the job interview. I've never been on an interview in my life, ever, put in an application, but God told me to do it, so I did it, and the lady sent me this big link to go watch all these videos to better myself for the interview. I said, well, I hope they're ready. But what's fixing to happen, amen? I said, God, if the job's for me, nobody else can take it. Amen. And it ain't for me, I don't want it. Yeah. I want to be where I'm celebrated, not tolerated. Yeah. Amen. That's how you know when you got the real friends around you, the ones who celebrate you. Yeah. That whenever you get blessed, they don't get stressed. Amen. amen? That's what I love about this place. I'm celebrated here. Yeah. I'm not tolerated here. There's a big difference, Amen. I told God, some of the doors that you are closed for me in America, please put a wall there so I never walk through that door again. Amen. My favorite button on Facebook is block. <laughs> Sometimes I block people I don't even know. They just look kind of funny in the photo. Amen. I'm like, I don't, I just don't like the way you look. I don't, don't you look at me like that. No, I don't know you. 
Facebook said, people you may know. I don't know that one. I don't know that one. I don't know. I may not. I may not. I may not. Amen. That's how I roll. Amen. And so they sent me to go get a drug test. And thank God I don't do drugs. Amen. I get high on the most high. No hangover. You don't wake up with an empty wallet the next day wondering where you took it. Amen. You don't wake up in somebody else's bed and you realize that the alcohol made her a whole lot prettier. You're trying to chew your arm off to get out and not wake nobody up, amen? And then the lady said, well, we got to take some, some hair samples. I said, well, do whatever you have to do, amen? Is, is it all right? Is it all right? Y'all getting tight? Your pastor getting tight in the front. She said, well, you know, if the head on your hair, we go back six months. And the hair on your legs said we can go back a year. I said, my wife says I have a whole bunch of hair in the back if you need some extra. Take whatever you need, amen. I should go back about 10, 15 years, amen. You can tell I was, I've been saved a long time. Come on, amen. They looked at me like, we don't do that. Uh, they're trying to be all professional. I'm like, well, I'm just saying, you have options. But don't take the hair on my leg because I shaved my leg one time like an idiot and it picks really bad when it comes back, so leave my leg alone. So I went ahead and just shaved the rest of my head, amen, and got my do-right, amen, to come to Africa. And so... Um, we're going to get into the word tonight. I pray that you get something. I already got all mine, so amen. That's what's good about being a prophet. You get it first. And listen, guys, if you don't get prophesied to, the great thing about the prophetic, it's a spiritual thing. And so what I love about being a prophet, when I prophesy something about good about you, I take me a piece of it, too. I, I'm going to go ahead and take a little bit of that. Put that. I'm going to go ahead and take a little bit of that. That was good, Lord. That was good. You're going to bless them like that? I'm going to go ahead and receive that. You got to learn to just take it for yourself. Amen. Just take it. I like to raise up men and women of God that know how to pray for themselves. Come on now. Amen. You're waiting on a word and you got 66 books full of word. Amen. All you got to do is look in the mirror and look at your lying eyes and say, no, no. Amen. You don't look like that. You're a man and a woman of God. God's going to use you to do great things. If you got to close your eyes and prophesy to yourself. Because the only thing a real prophet can do is just confirm and edify what God's already told you. So if God ain't told you nothing, I'm not here to surprise you. In America, we got mad prophets. They mad. They, you know, they waiting on the end times and the rapture and doomsday. and They got to be upset. They mean, I went support a ministry here a while back because the brother wouldn't leave me alone. And I said, well, if he meets me, he will. And the, the little place was packed out, and this man of God was prophesying, man, the hell was going to invade earth and all this stuff, and the vaccine was a mark of the beast. And I'm like, whoo, I don't know how much of this I can take, Jesus. I think they should have picked up the offering. He ain't getting nothing now. I mean, he, my offering said, no, I'm not leaving your wallet to go in that curse. We're not going to do that, amen. Don't put your pearl before the swine. And I stood there, and there was about 50 people. He's prophesying to everybody. He go around me. He don't even know who I am. Nobody in the place knows who I am. I'm just normal. You know, I got my rags on tonight. You know, I got my rags on. You know what I'm saying? Amen. But nobody knew her. But he would never touch me, would never look at me. They wanted him to meet me. The pastor said, please come and meet the man of God. He wouldn't come out to meet me. And I thought, well, isn't it amazing how a lie never wants to see the truth? And whenever you're the truth, you don't even have to say nothing. Just the truth being there exposes all the lies. He was getting all confused trying to prophesy. I'm thinking, this brother is prophesying. He's prophesying. All these people. I mean, the people were shaking and falling down. He slapped this one woman on the head. I'm thinking, whoo, you better not do that to a sister. They don't take a shower for a reason. 
You mess that wig up and there's $150, she's going to wear you out in this service. You better leave a sister alone. I'm just saying, some things you just don't do with a sister. You better put your hand on her shoulder. Leave the wig alone. My oldest daughter's black, so we know how that works. My wife tried to take her to her hair salon whenever we first adopted my black daughter. And uh, I said, baby, you can't take, I'm from the hood, so I know. You can't take her where you go. And she's like, well, we're going to try it out. And it didn't work. It just didn't work. You can't wash her hair every day. It didn't work. And she said, well, I'm going to run her down here to the black salon, and we're just going to be about, you know, 30 minutes. I'm like, no, you see, you run, I said, you're going to drop her off. <laughs> and you're going to pick up five, six, seven, eight, nine hours later. I said, baby, this is a whole nother world you finna dive into. You need to get a hold of this, boo. It's an all-day thing. It took them all day to get them cornrows. Them cornrows so tight, she looked Chinese when she come out that place. I said, I ain't never seen corn that tight before in my life. But she did a good job. It lasts about six, seven weeks. Come on, that's how you know when they do it right. Got my money's worth. If you have your Bible, let's look at Genesis for a little while. I'm like, Pastor, I don't... I was like, God, you're going to bring us back to the basics and stuff, you know, just, just simple, simple, simple stuff. And I got all my sermon together about two weeks ago, and God always wakes me up. You know, God don't sleep, so he don't understand being tired. I'm like, God, I, will, I ain't slept three or four days, and so just get me a nap. And God's like, no, I want to talk to you right now. You can sleep if you want to, and you're going to miss the conversation. And he puts that pressure on you, you know. I said, well, let me just go on and get up. Can I go TT first, Lord? I'm your son, you know. Well, we can talk. Amen. I mean, God will talk to you with bad breath and everything. He don't care if you brush your teeth or not. Your wife won't even look at you like, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. My wife brushes her teeth four or five times a day. She's like, baby, I think you got a rotten lung. You got a rotten lung, something going on in your lung. I don't know what's going on. We need to bring you to the doctor. You know, thank you all for praying for my heart condition. I don't give the devil no credit, but it was just something that went through my heart and gave me an AFib, massive congestive heart failure. And as a hard-headed of a man of God as I am, I waited about two months too long. And my kidneys were down to like 10, 15% operating and put on, went up to 170 to 250 pounds of fluid. Couldn't wear nothing but sweatpants. Couldn't tie my shoes. Had to give me some slippers. I mean, it was just, couldn't breathe, you know. You can't breathe, that'll make you want to see a doctor. Oxygen is very important. Just trying to hold your breath now. You ain't going to last long. And so uh, I went to the hospital. They locked me down. They told me, don't bat your eyes fast. You're having a massive congestive heart failure. I didn't know what it was, but it sounded really bad. You know, I'm not all that educated. You know, where I'm from, normally we just say, you're going to die. We just make it simple, you know. <laughs> and I'm going to tell a little bit more of the story. We're going to get into the word. And, uh, you know, they locked me down. I got, you know, I jump a lot when I sleep. So I said, you got to strap me every two foot. And they strapped me on this board that they called a bed every two foot. I'm strapped down like the Hannibal guy that was eating people. I mean, I couldn't move nothing. <laughs> I told the doctor, I'll follow your instructions for one year. And I followed everything, took the medicine, everything. I'm on five, six different medicine, everything, everything. And I got down to 230 pounds. I lost 20 pounds. I'm like, I'm a whole lot far from my 170 goal. And he said, well, son, get used to this new life. Get used to your new weight. This is the way it's going to be. Your heart's going to maybe get to 50%. You ain't going to better walk fast no more. Your kidneys don't, mean, don't ever get better. You know, all this, you know, they just, that's why they call practicing physicians. They just practicing. So I don't get mad at doctors. They practicing. That's why they call them that. That's what he told me. And so I, my military taught me a lot. So I went in and I did 20 grams of protein every three hours, just liquids. 
Every three hours I was up, I took 20 grams of protein, just liquids. No meat, no nut, no solid, just liquids for three months. Now, I wasn't trying to do it for three months. So I ain't going to lie. You know, that's the first month I'm like, I got on the scale, nothing. I'm like, nothing? Jesus, even the devil came to you after you fasted for 30 days. <laughs> I mean, I don't get nothing. The second week of the second month, man, I felt my body shifting. Fluid started falling off. My metabolism got back right. My kidneys felt strong. Amen. My heart, my little ticker felt a little bit better. Even got back on the scale. I was 165. I'm thinking, oh, I didn't lost too much weight. Went back, see my doctor. He's like, who are you? I said, you know who I am. I'm the fat boy that was here the last time. I couldn't run no more. I was a trotter. You know what I mean? I was that brother. He's like, brother, there's no way that you did. Your heart's at 100%. What in the world? Jesus said, some things come by fasting and prayer. When you can't find the answer, just get into the something realm, and God has to do something for something. And he said, just please tell me what you did. I said, hold on, doc. Every time I come up here and get your advice, it costs me $250 for consultation. I said, so you can call my wife. I'll give you her number, and we can set you up an appointment, and I'll give you an invoice on the way out. Because now I'm the specialist, and I ain't practicing, amen? So he looked at me, and he don't know what to do with me. He's a Pakistan brother. You know, he, he believes in Allah. I said, well, I know Allah. I know Muhammad. I know all of them. I said, but none of them brothers could pass the death test. That's why I can't serve them gods, because they died. They're still dead. And I don't know who carried Buddha to his tomb, but it must have been about two, three hundred brothers. That brother... In America, they put him in front of the Chinese restaurant, and I don't, during the day, he don't move, but at night, he's eating something somewhere. <laughs> that brother, I'm like, boo, you can't move. You can't chase nobody. You can't. You. I'm like, poor Buddha. I couldn't serve Buddha. <laughs> my wife's watching, so I got to be good, you know. I'm trying to do my best. She's probably at home just shaking her head. That's your daddy right there. That's your daddy doing that. <laughs> And so I just showed him the power of God and the power of obedience and the power of discipline. You see, God will always do his part. He just wants to see if you're willing to do your part. It's a two-part thing. Amen. That's why we got that thing called free will. Come on now. I see people with Jesus is my co-pilot. I'm like, I ain't riding with you. Jesus is my pilot. Amen. If he's going to be in a plane, he better fly the plane. I flew to the Virgin Islands one time, and the plane was so small, you had to get on a scale before you got in the plane. I'm like, a scale? You mean my little body can mess that plane up? And I know them big women who just went before me, they didn't tell the truth. I know they didn't, because you look and you told a man what you weighed. I'm thinking, she ain't no dang 135. She ain't seen 135 since she was 13. I mean, I don't care how much you weigh unless we get on the same plane and it matters. Come on now. Now it matters. Get back on Let me see, sister. <laughs> I looked at that scale and said, ouch. I'm like, just get off of it. Just get off of it. They put me in the co-pilot seat. We in this little bitty thing, knees all up there. Instant, I didn't want to touch no buttons. And the co-pilot looked at me and said, you okay? I said, no, are you okay? I said, brother, look, I can't help you in no kind of way. I'm not here to help. I'm here to enjoy the flight. And I never flew this close in the front like this. And this brother went to land. I'm like, brother, I think you're going a little bit too fast. I ain't, you know, I ain't trying to take your job or nothing. 
but you're going too fast to land like this on this water. He's like, just smiling at me. And he went down, and, and we landed real calm. Of course, I said, good job. Thank God you didn't follow my instruction. We'd still be going around and going around. No, too fast, too fast. Let's look at Genesis chapter 1 just for a few minutes. The Bible said, in the beginning, we do a word study. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. You know, and I looked at this for so many years, i never seen it. But God didn't say at the beginning. He said in the beginning. He didn't say from the beginning. He said in the beginning. I've learned something about the Bible. Every word means something. Because God couldn't say at. God couldn't say from. Why? Because God doesn't have a beginning. So he just had to say in the beginning. And God doesn't have an end. Come on now. I serve a God with no beginning and no end. So God just said in the beginning, amen, he began to create. You must understand that it, there's always a time that when you begin to look at things that God has no beginning because God stands in eternity. Everybody say eternity. Amen. You ever wonder how in the world, look, look, I've done a lot of bad stuff. I was one of the devil's generals. He was really mad whenever I, I got saved, amen. He's still mad at me. Every now and then he just looks at me, you sure? I'm, I'm not going nowhere, chief. I mean, this for real. So I've done a lot of really horrible stuff in the world. When I had to go in the military or go to prison for 15 years, that was a very easy, I didn't know what hand to raise. I just raised them both. I said, Your Honor, whatever, but I got to raise a hand to swear me, swear me in now. I had hair down to here, the big old earring out my ear. I'm 80 pounds soaking wet, thinking I'm the baddest thing on earth, knowing I'm fitting to be somebody's girlfriend. Mm-mm. <laughs> I'm going to the military. You ain't fitting to get me all tied up like that, you know. And when I went to the military, two of our city police officers retired. They didn't need them anymore. And every Monday, they come to my house. I'm like, really? Well, we had two break-ins on Saturday and three break-ins on Sunday. Where were you? I'm like, I don't know. I can't tell you all that. Sometimes you just got to not know where you are. Plead the fifth. That's what I did. It didn't work, though. I still had to go to jail for a lot of stuff because they found the goods in my room. But anyway, you know, my... <laughs> my little brother said, what you looking for? Oh, that's right over here. Really? Anyway, I wouldn't give him a dollar, so he ratted on me. Snitches end up in ditches, always stitches. <laughs> and so whenever I got saved, born again, I remember doing it, but I don't have the guilt of it. I don't have the shame of it. I don't have the condemnation of it. It becomes a part of my testimony. And even people that hadn't forgiven me yet, I still don't feel sorry for them. Come on now. It's their problem with God. It ain't my problem with God because I've been forgiven. And God don't just forgive, but he forgets to the point that he, it's like you never did it. So God told me, because I stand in eternity and you stand in time, and whenever you get saved, I'm able to go back to the first time you sin and forgive you then. That's why it's like you never sin. He said, that's why I had to initiate the thing called time. Because whenever Adam sinned, if I wouldn't have started time, because Adam walked in eternity, he didn't walk in time. Hey, come on, walk with me, amen. But God said, if I'd have let him in sin for eternity, he would have been eternally fallen. So God said, I had to make time so in the fullness of time, I could send my son to eternally fix the eternal problem Adam had. Hey, isn't it great to be born again forever? I'm born again forever. You can bring them charges up. They've been squashed. You can't go to the courthouse and find them. I've been completely set free by the power of the God that I serve. Mm, that's good right there. In the beginning. Whew. Isn't it great how God saves and God sets free and God does what he does? The word said that God created. In the beginning, God created. Mm. 
A better word, if you really dig it up, and I like the Hebrew and Greek, and look, I don't know all the scribble scrabble in the Hebrew and Greek. I got an app on my software. I touch it. It tells me in the strong concordance in English. <laughs> so if you know what all that means, assalamu alaikum. Praise God. We love you. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm not trying to act like I'm all educated because I'm not. It's a little Cajun that God loves. But the, the other, another word for created here, it said that God broke off the rough edges, that God reshapes, that God fashioned, that God actually rebirthed. It's amazing how all the planets that were out there, God took earth and brought it to himself. Come on now. Because God created heaven first, and then God reached into a dead rock without form and void and drew it to himself. You see, I don't need the gospels to preach the gospel. Because I was just a dead thing out there in the world, and God reached out and pulled me. I read that Bible. No man in there found God. God found every single one of them. They were doing what they wanted to do, thinking what they wanted to think, and God reached out and touched them anyway. He put a burning bush. He wrestled with some of them. I mean, you can't stand there and say, you found Jesus. No, my brother, my sister, Jesus found you. Woo, that's the God that I serve. He's always looking for somebody he can set free and deliver. And he always picks the worst one first. Yeah. On. Welcome to my family. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the great thing about God is it also meant the word create here. He made an original. Hmm. Why? Because God will never anoint a copy. I gleaned from many preachers and many ministers. One of my greatest mentors was Prophet Quibber, so I still honor him today. And I watched all the, I have all, everything he's ever put out on video, I have it on a hard drive. Everything audio, I have it on a hard drive. That's him and Pastor John are my mentors and my ministry, my spiritual growth, my Bible study. I got so much, I, I steal his stuff all the time. All you got to do is change a few words. Oh, put it in your notes, don't preach at Airport Christian Fellowship. Amen. <laughs> In America ain't never heard it. <laughs> and you can glean from anybody, but stop trying to be like somebody else. Because whenever you're trying to be like somebody else, you don't exist. Amen. And you will never receive the anointing I have because the anointing that God's given me, he's given it to me. And whenever I'm an original, I'm in a class all by myself. So when God wants to use Bobby Dale Leger to do something, none of y'all know. If you can do it better, it don't matter. If you got more money, it don't matter. If you think you're better than me, doesn't matter. I don't care what your education is. He can only use me to do what he's called me to do. Amen. <laughs> Then there's no competition in the kingdom. I ain't competing with you. You do what God's called you to do, and I'm going to do what God's called me to do. I might be a little louder. I'm surely a little crazier, but God, you just got to do it the way God calls you to do it. So tell somebody I'm an original. I'm an original. I'm an original. Thank God he only makes one. Woo! My wife is jumping down the house. I can see her just, mm-mm. Thank God. <laughs> that cloning come out, I said, I ain't going to clone myself. I don't know if I'm going to like myself that much to see me every day. What are you doing looking at me? I'm supposed to only see you in the mirror. Anyway, I'm just, just talking. Thank God that didn't work. Come on. They were trying to clone some beef and stuff. I was praying that was going to work. Bring the price of beef down, Jesus. I'm tired of eating the gospel bird. We can kill so many chickens. I killed so many chickens and cooked them for the COVID. Lord, there's a shortage of chickens. I ate them all. I put them in the gospel. I put them right in the ministries, all up in there. 
You can't hear a rooster crow around my house. I'm like, mm-mm, don't make a noise around this brother's house. He's Cajun. <laughs> we check road dead where I'm from. You let me pass that deer and it kicks. I just got blessed. <laughs> I turned my truck around, slit his throat, throw him in the back seat, call somebody. Hey, I need some help skinning it. If you're willing to give half, do that. If not, do it all yourself. Cajuns always want something. But what are they going to do? <laughs> said that God took the earth and he brought it close to himself. But he said, even when the earth was close to him and he created it, God reached his hand and created and drew it to him. It was still without form and it was void. Without form or empty. It was a good place, but it was an empty place. And I meet so many people that's next to God, serving God, but they're empty. They're in a great place, but they can't receive. I went to a church years ago with a friend of mine, and the pastor was about as dry as a piece of two-by-four. They'd been sitting in the sun for a long time. And I'm thinking to myself, when is this brother going to quit? Please, Jesus, spare me. Lord, look, if you get bored with my preaching, you are free to leave. I hate sitting in the boring preaching. Oh, and I gave an offering. You got my money. I can go. I'm free. You know, I mean, Lord Jesus, I'm sitting there, and the brother next to me starts weeping and crying and shaking under the power of God. He's like, oh, my God, this is so awesome. I'm like, brother, you heard me preach last night. You ain't shed a tear. <laughs> God said, just because you can't receive don't mean the person next to you can't receive. Just because you don't like the music don't mean the person next to you don't like it. Don't come in here judging anybody. Just because you empty don't mean we ain't full. I learned something about money. Money can do a lot of things, but one thing money can't do is leave the earth. Because just because you broke don't mean somebody else ain't rich. All money can do is move and shift. And I said, money cometh to me now, F&B Bank. <laughs> Loose my money and let it go. Spin around three times, throw some salt. That's the way we do it. And the earth was void. The word is empty. It's next to God empty. Now it's next to God void. Void means it has no power. Come on now. How are you going to serve God? You don't have no power. So I don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and you don't believe in power. Look, I don't need the Holy Ghost to get to heaven. I need the Holy Ghost to deal with earthly people. I, <laughs> woo, Lord Jesus. Woo. I mean, some people, I'm like, Lord, I don't know why you died for them. I don't know. I don't know. You didn't see them when he was on the cross. You didn't see. I couldn't have died for them, Lord. No, God, Jesus. I had a lady in my church. I prayed, Lord, take her home, Lord, take her home. Or send her to the church down the road. I mean, anything. I was as rude as I could be to that woman. She wouldn't leave for nothing. I just love you, Pastor Bobby. I'm thinking, I don't even like you. I can't say I love you. I don't even like you. Always starting trouble. Just trouble every time. Just, I left before she did. I'm thinking, Jesus. She's probably still there. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, being, I'm saying what you want to say, but you can't. You know what I'm saying? Just look this way. Just look this way. You ever hide from somebody at pick and pay? Like, mm mm, mm mm, mm mm. I done been in a clothes rack before. Almost fell asleep. Thinking, come on, move. Get away. Jesus. Sneaking around the Walmart. No power. No power. It had no power, but it was in the right place. And then the word darkness said that it was on the face of the deep. Now, all this stuff is next to God. When darkness is upon the face of the deep, then we cannot see. 
And when you cannot see, there's no vision. The Bible said the darkness on the face of the deep. So whenever you can't see, you don't have vision. When you don't have vision, you don't have a voice. Because you should only talk about what you see in the things of God. Now look, if you're worried about gossip, let me give you this. This is free. The only way gossip can live is if you keep paying it attention. You gossip about me, I'm going to block you. Block you. I might say something rude, let you get it, and then block you. <laughs> then you can't find me. I don't know where he went. <laughs> Look, my family crazy, y'all. None of them know where I live, thank God. None of my family. None, mm, 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 don't know where I live. Most of them don't have my cell phone number no more. Thank you, Jesus. And I buried one of my aunts a few years back, and my uncle was Delta Force, Special Force. Me and him had a certain bond, you know, Vietnam, bit crazy as I'll get out. And anyway, and so we buried my aunt, and he called me up. My Aunt Lulu, please come do the funeral. So I went, and they had, a, <laughs> they had some, they were, it was a Catholic place. I guess they thought they were Catholic. I don't know what they were. I don't know what them priests were doing there. They should have known better, messing with my crazy uncle. But anyway, they were there, these two young guys with their little robe and everything. And my uncle's sitting there, and he's loud because he can't hear hardly. I mean, he's loud anyway, I think. I know he'd been drinking. He drank every day of his life. That's what gave him a long life. I mean, he said, I'm thinking, yeah, but it's a rough one. It was a rough one, Potter. It was a rough one. And he said, what is this faggot doing? Around my wife's casket, I'm looking. I'm like, Uncle Bob, there ain't but one person, he's a priest. He's like, I don't give a D what he is. Get his gay ass out of here now. I'm thinking, oh, Uncle Bob. I'm thinking, you ain't even talking King James, amen. You got to be careful. You don't even know the Bible like that. And he went on, trying to whip the priest and then trying to get the altar. Everybody's running out, out, out the building. The altar bars running with the candles, amen, almost burning their hair and everything, trying to get out the... And he said, look, when I die, don't you come to the funeral. Don't you come. Remember me how I was. I'm thinking, well, then that gay brother going to be doing your funeral. But all right, that's what you want. I guess you, this ain't going to matter. But then my cousin messaged me. She called me. You know, Uncle Bob died. It was a sudden thing. He, anyway, he knew he was dying. He just didn't tell anybody. And she's like, we want you to come do the funeral. I said, I can't. I can't. And she's like, oh, okay. I, you know, a little attitude. Okay. Well, then about a, a month later, we just got it here the other day. She messaged my wife on Facebook. And said, do you want to give me your excuse before I block you? I told my wife, she done messed up. Block her now. Uh. Now when she goes to look for me, I don't know where he went. I don't know. He's just hiding in my. <laughs> Without vision, amen, not able to see. In the darkness, we cannot see what God is doing, amen, and what God is wanting us to do. That's why God hates the darkness so much that he made a light to rule over the darkness. Come on now. So that whenever we're in darkness, whenever darkness tries to come, we have a place to run into. We can run into the light. When darkness comes, where do you go? You go into praise, and you go into worship, and you go into your prayer closet. You just get face-to-face -face with God because darkness cannot be in the same space as light. Come on now. Oh, uh, and God even made a lesser light that even in the nighttime, we can still see the light. That light's called the moon. Come on now. But the thing that blows me away is once I started learning a little bit about the moon, the moon doesn't have any light in itself. It's a dead rock just floating in space. But as long as I can see the light on the moon, I know the sun is still shining somewhere. So in my darkest hour, if I can just hold on for a little while and keep praising him for a little while, joy will come in my morning. Amen. Oh, ain't he a good God? He won't leave you even in the dark time. Woo, I serve a good one. Amen. A good God. Hey, as long as I can see the sun. It was amazing to me how God always, to the next verse says that, and the spirit of God moved. 
the Spirit of God moved. It's amazing how God always comes to us no matter how far we think we've gone. The word spirit here means the courage of God, the strength of God, the battle of God came to you. Because in darkness, God don't come to play. He don't come to play with your demons and your devils and your enemies. When God shows up, all hell has to scatter. A thousand may fall on one side, ten thousand on another, but nothing will come nigh unto me. I've learned you mess with me, you're going to make my daddy show up. And if you're scared of me, you really need to run from my daddy. And don't mess with me. I am a child of the king. America's going a lot of places, doing a lot of things wrong. I told my wife, you know what? It's God's truck. He's got to put gas in it. It's God's house. He's got to pay the house note. Come on, somebody. Why? Because the president can't mess with me because I'm not subject to a president. I serve a king. I'm in the kingdom of God. Ain't nothing he can do. Man, when the COVID hit, we got locked down. I had a company come and bought some of my investment, gave me $250,000. I got $70,000 down, $4,500 a month. My VA check was coming in all fat and juicy. People were like, well, how are we going to pray? I'm out there flipping chicken wings going, I ain't never been this blessed before in my life. I ain't never made this kind of money before. I'm making $12,000 a month. I ain't doing nothing but flipping chicken wings and cooking some sausage, cutting the grass. Can't go nowhere. Don't want to go nowhere. I thank God for some people I couldn't see. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. And when you did see him, you couldn't really see him. It was all like this. I don't remember, you know. I'm like, -la -la -la. but anyway, I was, just, you know. I bet the people at the Asian nail place, they mean, it didn't affect them at all. They always got to wear a mask. I said, yo, you see this mask stuff, ain't you? How do you deal with it? God blessed me, and my family. I mean, it was it's blessing after blessing after blessing. I'm like, God, where were you before the COVID? You're going to make me keep coughing. <coughs> I'm coughing, God. I'm coughing. Give me another blessing. We have something called a veterans hospital for the, the veterans in America. And every time you go there, they want to stick you with a shot. And I done got the flu shot the last time I went. I got the shingle shot the time before that. I got the herpes vaccination the time before that. I got the COVID booster the time. I'm like, look, I can't get sick to 2052. And people hit me with a needle every time. I'm like, I just cover my arms. I got a tattoo of a Spartan on this side. I looked at him the other day. He was crying. He's like, don't take me back to the VA again, not the VA. They're going to stick me again. They're going to stick me again. The word move here means that God moved the earth into the place of peace. When the Spirit of God moved on the earth, it means that God moved the earth in the place of peace and rest. Hey, the closer you get to God, the more you should rest. The more you let him do, amen, because you can never outdo what Jesus already has done on the cross. Come on now. I don't do for God to try to make him happy. He was happy whenever Jesus paid the price I was supposed to pay. I don't do for God so he don't curse me. He can't curse me no more. He cursed me whenever I was on the cross. Come on now. Jesus stood there looking like me so I can stand here looking like him. That's the God that I serve. Amen. People say, oh, I'm going to give and God got to bless me. No, he don't. I'm going to do this and God got to. No, no. He, I mean, I fasted my first 30-day, 40-day fast. I got to the 38th day of fasting. I'm, I'm just liquids now. I know. I know. I'm crazy. I know I am. Back then, I was in religion. I fasted. I'm on 38 days. I'm read, messing around and reading the Bible. Don't read the Bible if you fast. It'll mess you up. Reading the Bible. And it was in red, y'all. Jesus fasted 40 days and Satan came. I was like, am I reading this in the Hebrew and the Greek the wrong way? 
I'm like, I'm thinking I'm going to see angels and cherubims and walk on water. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm thinking I'm going to see stuff in the spiritual realm. You know, back then I was just, you had to work for it. So I was working for it. It looked like I had HIV. I lost so much weight. I mean, the biggest thing to me was my kneecaps. I didn't want to jump in a ditch. I figured my legs would break and stick me in the butt. I was so skinny. I'm like, the devil showed up. Lord Jesus, I'm about to go eat that Snickers bar I've been hiding in the freezer. I'm about to break this fast. Lord, <laughs> it's not about what you can do. It's about what he's already done. I do because I love him. Amen. I, I blessed my wife with roses. She didn't know it until Wednesday they delivered. I'm talking to her on the phone. I done forgot about the roses. You know what I mean? Oh, we forget pretty quick. And I had a lot of other stuff on my mind, baby. I forgot you was watching. Anyway, praise God. And, uh, and she's like, somebody at the door. Oh, some roses. I'm like, oh, yes, yes. Perfect time. Perfect time. I did that because I love her. See, women have this thing called discernment. Oh, it's a strong discernment. You ain't seen discernment till you've seen the women discernment. Lord Jesus. My wife can read my mind. I'm like, is there no safe place for me, Lord? Is there no safe place for me? I mean, no safe place. I don't have a holy place, a holy of holy place. All that is gone. I mean, she done ripped my veil, kicked over my altar of incense. The labor had been spilled. I mean, it's just a horrible place. <laughs> I did it because I love her. And God knows if you're doing because you love him or if you're doing because you're trying to get something from him. And a woman knows if you're doing it because you love her or you're doing it because you're trying to get something from her. Don't look at me crazy. I played that game too. It don't work. Don't work. It don't. I don't know why it don't work. I didn't pay my bill. Come on, Jesus. Yeah, you know, it amazes me how God can put all that in a woman for my rib. I'm like, couldn't you leave a little something? I mean, my wife can make stuff appear in the pantry. I can look in the pantry for the sugar for hours and hours. I move every single thing, everything. I'm not calling her, Jesus. I'm calling on you. Where's the sugar? Well, as soon as I call her, I'm here. <sighs> and she's going to come in here, and she's going to point, and that sugar's going to appear right in front of me. Try it and see. Some of y'all know from experience. I mean, it ain't fair. It just ain't fair. It ain't fair. Golly. All she has to do is, is, is submit to me. I got to lay my life down? I'm like, what kind of trade-off is this, Jesus? Give me a skirt. No, I wouldn't look right in a skirt. I wouldn't. No, I didn't see a bunch of skirts. That, no. I even wonder why you blow that horn and do that. No, that wouldn't work either, Jesus. My knees are too ugly to be putting on, on some skirt. Amen. <laughs> when God really moves, you have nothing to do with it. When God really blessed you, you didn't even know it was coming. Come on now. I love that I serve a God that's full of surprises. Amen. He just does what I don't think he's going to do. I'm looking at one direction and God has another way. And if there ain't no way, God will make a way. If he can't make a way, he'll create a way. You can't stop when God wants to do in your life. Stop trying to work for it and stand there and say, Lord, I receive it, Father. I just receive it. Because the more your motive is wrong, the more you're prolonging the blessing. And you know, whenever you give because you love, there's no limit to what you'll give. My wife don't have to ask me to dig in my snacks on the side of the bed. Now, I better not touch hers. That girl got inventory. 
I'll take one cookie and move the rest up. <laughs> She'll pick it up. You took a cookie? I'm thinking, oh, my God, discernment, Lord. I'm thinking, now I'm the cookie monster in the house. My kids bake cookies. and like, Daddy, don't eat all of them before we wake up. I'm like, well, don't go to bed then. Let me some vampire cookies. <laughs> so we can have a heavenly experience and still be empty because the Holy Spirit that feels, whenever he feels, he always feels to overflow. Amen? And this is how you know you feel with the Holy Ghost. You feel with the Holy Ghost when it affects people around you. If it only affects you, you're not filled. Because my God's so big, he can't just feel you. He has to overflow into everything around you. Your family got to see it. Your co-workers got to see it. Amen. Your enemies got to see it. But he just overflow, overflow. It's not just a stream. It's a river. Come on now. The Holy Spirit never been called a stream in that whole Bible. He just gives you rivers of living water coming out of your belly. And I don't care if you believe in tongues or not. Amen. Just get filled with the Holy Ghost. Make up a language if you got to. Amen. Learning. Y'all know too many languages already. I only know English and it's broken. <laughs> My wife speaks good English. Sometimes she says, what are you trying to say? My wife said, you got Siri on your phone. I'm like, Siri don't speak English. I tell her something, she goes way off. I'm like, girl, where you going? I'm going to get me a man's voice on Siri. I get mad at it. I can't get mad at that woman. <laughs> when the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, and that's one of the few times in the Bible, if you really look at it, and again, this Hebrew and Greek thing, it means a lot. It really does. But thank God for the strongs. It does all the figuring out for me. It's one of the few times Jesus paused before he answered. How does a God that knows everything has to pause to give an answer about how to pray? Because this is the only time he couldn't say, my father. Because he was too much God to just be his father. He had to say, our. <laughs> the most powerful word in the Bible is Jesus. The greatest word in the Bible is son. When he called him son and Jesus called him father, we had a chance to get back in relationship with our heavenly father. Amen. I thank God I'm not just an orphan. I'm a son born out of the loins of the Holy Ghost that Jesus died for me, but he totally remade me into the new creature in Christ. That's why you can't have a generational curse because that generation is in the grave. I'm born again of the generation of God. And if I look on his family tree, there ain't no generational curses. That's a big thing in America. Don't go to America. They want to bring you back to grandma and great-grandma and grandpa and great-grandpa. I'm like, I don't even know none of them. Jesus. I went preach on the Indian reservation. They wanted me to repent for the white man. I'm like, I'm not white. I got enough charges on me already. I'm not going to be standing. I didn't, I didn't do it. Mm -mm -mm -mm. I said, brother, I'm so sorry, but I'm not here to repent for what somebody else did. I have enough repenting to do on my own. Well, the white man stole our land. I said, well, the British made us slaves and put us on death ships, and we ended up in Louisiana. <laughs> What's your other story? We all got a story, amen? But God gives you a new story. He gives you a gospel story. He gives you a redemptive story. Come on now. I ain't mad at what the British did or whoever did whatever did to my great, great, great. They paid the price so I can be free. We all the same in God's eyes. You ought to see me and my family walk around at Walmart. My oldest daughter's black. The next one's Mexican. We don't know what the last two are. And my wife is white. 
and I'm white-ish, people are like, we don't know. We don't know what happened with that family right there. They mixed up. Something wrong with them. I had a preacher one time tell me, he's one of them rapture guys, he said, I thank God for my mansion in heaven. I just hope it ain't next to a black family. I said, brother, don't worry. You ain't going to heaven. You ain't going to have a dog house. You ain't going to have a teepee. You ain't going to have a bird nest. You ain't going to make it, brother. Because how can you say you love a God you can't see and you can't love your neighbor who you can see? Because my Bible says you a liar and the truth ain't in you, brother. We all ain't nothing but a piece of dirt. How can one piece of dirt think it's better than another piece of dirt? Y'all were just dug from a different part of the earth. I don't know where God got me from. And Cessra.com charged me twice the amount of money to get my DNA. Like, oh, no, we got to work this thing. It's going to take more than our little test to figure this brother out. We don't know where he come from. He said, he's our God. After the spirit hovered, then we see the supernatural things begin to happen. God moved upon the face. He moved upon the place that was going to move. He moved on the water for a reason. Because the easiest thing to move on the earth with the, with the wind of God's spirit is water. Amen. Listen to me. If you don't react, God will move on somebody else who will react. I believe heaven on earth for a believer is God calling you to do something, but you won't move on it. So God will move somebody else in your position, and now you got to sit there and watch somebody else do what God trying to get you. Because the work's not going to stop. The calling's not going to stop. The ministry's not going to stop. And if you go, you got to go. But the vision's still going to come to pass. God's still going to do with you or without you what he said he was going to do. People at money in my church, and they're trying to use that money as leverage. And I let them know. I let them know, quick, God is my source. If you want to give me the check, I will thank you and worship him. Yeah. Yeah. The brother said, well, I got a $100,000 check, but I need a private place for me and my wife to park in the front in case it's raining. And I need a reserve, two reserve chairs in the front in case we get here late because my wife got to put all her new face on. <laughs> I thank God for makeup. I do. I've seen some women without it. No. You go back in the body shop, go back in the body shop, put some more bondo on that thing. And I needed the money. He knew I needed the money. I needed to buy some chairs. It was $100,000 worth of chairs, and we already ordered the chairs. You know me. I'm going to order it and then tell God, you need to pay for your chairs. They're coming in tomorrow. I don't know what you're going to do, Lord, but they're coming in tomorrow. You don't need to sit, but your people need to sit on these chairs. And his brother had this check already filled out and everything in his pocket, you know. And he's sitting there. I said, well, brother, look, I'm crying. I'm sorry, but the only person that has a right to be here is Jesus. And he walked out, and another couple walked in and gave me a bigger check than when he walked out with. Amen. Thank God he wasn't the only millionaire in town. Amen. <laughs> Spiritual things begin to happen. God touches the place that reacts. God knows if you're going to react to what he wants to do or not. God will never force you to do anything. He will move with a still, small voice. Come on. Amen. Sometimes I always say, God, you need to send me 12 angels. I want to see Judas for the last time. Remember, the rope around his neck, whatever that brother did. Amen, brother there. He has some game in him. You know, I need all these angels and stuff. God, no, no, I'm just going to speak a still, small voice. Why? Because God's children, Jesus said, my sheep can only hear my voice. People say, I don't know if it's God's voice or if it's the devil's voice. Well, you are very confused, sir, ma'am, because the only voice a child of God is able to hear besides your own voice is the voice of Jesus Christ, my shepherd. And so whatever I hear, I give God the credit for it, and it'll shut the devil up if he's trying to tell me something. 
Mm, that's how you do it, amen. That's how you do it. This is good. Amen. After the spirit was received, then God spoke. The spirit moved, and then God spoke. It's powerful, man. After the spirit moves, God speaks. If you want God to speak, move in the spirit. Move with the small voice. Obey what God told you. I prophesied to people. They got a phenomenal word. Next service, they want another prophecy. And God said, no, no, they didn't do the last thing I told them. Amen. Don't come here and try and get a fix. If you get a word, apply it to your life and watch the fruit it's going to bear. And then go get you another word. But don't have ten words. You ain't did nothing with it. Now you're confused. And you're going to blame me. And the devil is a liar. You know how I is. I ain't right already. Come to me talking smack, I'm just going to slap it right back on you. Get on that plane and go straight to the house. Emirates, baby, I'm on the Emirates. After the spirit was received, then God began to speak. This is powerful. This is so powerful. It's the proof that God is for you whenever you're able to move through the supernatural. You know, Matthew 11 blew my mind because John was locked up. You know, Brother John lost his head, you know, behind watching this girl dance. That's why you got to watch where your eyes go, guys, because... Ooh, I look at my shoes like, mm, I ain't watching her do nothing. I'm going to watch my dead cows on my feet. The devil is a lie, amen. My wife's so pretty, I can't look at nobody. Mm, nope, look at these, my shoes. Nope, nope, nope. I tell people, you are too late. I have been taken. My wife owns all this is hers. All this, all this, all this is hers, amen. That's right, and I let her know it too. You ever just wait before you got the shower until your wife walks in and, ta-da! My wife's like, all right, looks good. <laughs> I'm like, I know, I know, girl. I seen you, I seen you peeking around the corner. <laughs> so John's locked up, and he, you know, when you get in a bad situation, sometimes you don't think right. And John told his disciples, go make sure he's the one. Now John said he was the one. Come on now, John. Baptized, you know, back in there, had the, had the argument. The angel, he seen the, the dove come down. He heard the voice of God. And sometimes a situation gets you so caught up. You start doubting the calling of God and doubting the blessing of God on your life. He said, just go make sure he's the one. Send his disciples. They go find Jesus. It's powerful. It's in Mark 11. I mean, Matthew 11. I, I'm just going to read what Jesus said. And Jesus told the disciples, they come, look, God, you know, they were like, look, we know you're the one. You know how people are whenever they're on the spot and they can blame you for it. Pastor John, he wants to know. We know you're the Christ. He wants to know. I don't know why you use him as a forerunner. He wants to know. Are you the one? This is the, one of the only times in Scripture Jesus didn't quote the Old Testament to answer the question. I knew he was going to quote all of Isaiah just to prove he was the, come on, he was the one. I mean, this is what, this is what Jesus said. It's powerful, man. He said, now, now, John, you mean heard Matthew 11, verse 4. Jesus answered and said unto them, go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended by me. 
He said, I'm not going to prove who I am by scripture this time. I'm going to prove who I am by the signs and the wonders and the miracles. This is Christianity one-on-one. Amen. The proof that God is with you is you have the ability to speak a word, and it changes somebody's life. To lay hands, and something has to happen. You have the ability to operate in the supernatural. Now, it might be at our level or somebody else's level, but you got to start somewhere and say, God, if you're with me, I want to see the supernatural flow through me, because if you ain't going to take it, I'm going to take your portion. It's the proof. It's the proof. Then you ain't got to tell them about your doctrine. Come on now. I mean, because once the miracle happens, they don't care what you believe. They're going to follow the one you believe no matter what. Come on now. I mean, that's how you get the Muslims, and that's how you get Jehovah Witness. You just let the miracles start flowing, and you ain't even have to advertise no more. Pastors, your building won't be big enough if you let the supernatural flow in your church. Amen. Everybody that was talking about you going to be running to you. Somebody knows somebody who's sick. Somebody knows somebody who's depressed. And when the supernatural starts flowing, it advertises for you. That's why the only way we can look at each other in the eye of judgment is we look at each other's fruits. And the only thing that should be following you is goodness and mercy. All the days of my life. Come on now. And what should be in front of me is signs, wonders, and miracles. A bunch of healed people. A bunch of blessed people. A bunch of edified people. Why? Because if God is with me, that's the proof. I don't care if you quote Hebrew and Greek and Strong's. And I know people who can machine gun scripture. But can't raise a dog from the dead. You know, can't pray for a headache. They always got one. Can't go to church. But they know that word. They know that word, and it's damning to them because they're caught up in what they know. They're not caught up in who wrote the book. I know the author. I don't know the whole book, but I know the author. And whenever you're a son of the author and you know the author, you know the author gave you the power in the book. The chapter before that, God gave Jesus all the power, and Jesus gave all the power to his disciples. The power can't leave the earth. It just gets handed down from generation to generation. Jesus left, but the power stayed. Mm, mm. Stop trying to prove your doctrine by the word and let the supernatural flow through you and it'll prove everything that you need proved to whoever you're trying to prove it to. I got one brother said, well, you got that facial hair, you can't go to heaven. I said, you one of them Jesus pluckers, huh? He said, Jesus plucker? I said, yeah, they plucked Jesus' beard out too. You're a Jesus plucker. I told you, don't just mess with me any kind of way. You know, push my hood button, and the hood going to come out. Amen? <laughs> and when the supernatural flows, it makes the ministry easy. When supernatural flows in your ministry, it makes ministry easy. Amen? Why? Because God does the work. I just show up. Come, I'm just a vessel. I'm just a conduit. He flows through me and does what he needs to do. When you depend on the supernatural, it takes your natural out the picture, and the super shows up. Oh, let's, let's, we got to roll now. we got to roll. I'm on time now. There's more in you than you've ever seen. In Genesis 1, 26, it said, God said, let us make man in our own image and our own likeness and let them have dominion. Okay? It's in Genesis 1, 26. God said, let us make man. This is powerful now. Uh, man was made a spirit on the fifth day. The fifth day, God made man in spirit. I've never seen that before. Five means grace. God said, I got so much grace I'm going to multiply myself. Adam walked around in the spirit. Then God said, I need somebody to work the garden. 
on the eighth day, God created and made Adam, gave him a body, gave him flesh. Come on now. Eight means perfection. So through God's grace, we become perfect. Amen. First, God created in the spirit and the spirit moved and then once the spirit moved God spoke the word and once the word was received then it released God's hand to reach into the situation and create something that wasn't there before once you let the spirit move you get the word once you get the word it releases the hand of God why because the word cannot return void come on man it has to go and do what God sent it out to do Every plant of the field that was in the earth, I'm in Genesis 2, 5. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field that grew for the Lord had not caused it to rain upon the earth. Hmm, no rain. Look at this now. And there was not a man to till the ground, but there uh, went up a mist. Everybody say a mist. From the earth and watered the whole ground. Oh, I used to have in my other, I built a brand new house, my other house. And the contractor said, look, let me show you how to operate your sprinkler system. I'm like, what does my sprinkler system do? He said, it waters your grass. I'm like, I'm Cajun. Cut the whole water supply off. We don't water grass. We use Roundup and diesel. <laughs> I ain't trying to cut no grass. Mm-mm, I don't want. He said, let me show you how it works. And it was fancy. had a timer thing on it. It did so much. They had zones it would do at a time. And it seemed like every time I'm cutting the grass, that's the zone it wants to water. So that thing full of the devil. It's got the devil on that thing, I'll tell you right now. And so, uh, but it would come up as a mist. But if I left it on long enough, the mist would become a stream. <laughs> mm, that's good. That's good. <laughs> the first place God put man was in Eden. That place is called peace. Amen. When a man gets to the place he's called to, you're going to have peace that passes understanding. Amen. That's why you won't fit anywhere else. You won't have peace that passes understanding. If your anointing is to drive the bus, if you will submit and do what God, do the children's church, do the, pick up the trash. My wife and I volunteer, well, she's the head volunteer, at the church that we're members of. When she does the coffee shop, we got to get there early, serve the coffee to all them saints. And you know, saints love some free coffee, Jesus. You put a price on it, you can't find them no more. But that free coffee. Join church to come get another cup. Not another cup, brother. You fitting to run around the church or something? That's your third cup. Too much caffeine. You better not tell your wife you're drinking that much caffeine. We just serve and volunteer because whenever you just learn to serve and get in a place, get in where you fit in and just be a blessing and you're just there where God's called you for now, it will be a stepping stone to where God's called you for later. Come on now. I tell people even if i got to flip burgers, this is just a bridge to get me to the next place God wants me to be. But if I can't be grateful here, I won't be grateful there, and I won't be grateful there, and I won't be grateful there. I've seen too many people just be a splash in the pan. Their ministry blows up overnight, and then within a year it's crumbled. You don't hear nothing else about them. I don't want to be a splash in the pan. Whenever I'm doing what God's called me to do, I have a peace that passes understanding. When God put Adam in the garden, it gave peace to him. Come on now. Now, when man got in the place that God called him to, then the mist, then God said, I'm going to change water in the, the garden with the mist, and now I'm going to shift it into a river. There was four rivers. The first river means the flow of increase. When you get in the right place, come on now, the mist Becomes a river. 
and now increase comes into your life. You're not just making it anymore. Now you have more than enough. Amen. The first river means increase. Everybody say increase. Oh, this is so powerful. This is so good. The second river, the name of it means bursting forth with overflow. There was four rivers that fed the garden, and there's four gospels to feed man. Come on. Nothing but good news. Amen. Nothing but good news. The third river, it means the river of rapids. This is powerful. It means things coming to pass quickly. When you get in the right place, but you've been praying for it, I don't like prophesying something that's going to take five years. And t- no, I'm too lazy for that. God, I want it now, Jesus. Amen. I'm the brother that stands in front of the microwave and goes, hurry up, come on, 30 seconds. God, my corn hurts on my heel, Jesus. You know I can't stand up long with my corn. I want it now. When you get in the right place, it unlocks the rapids. The quick things start moving in your life. Amen. Trying to help you. Number four is the best one. Amen. It means the river with much fruit. That shall remain. I don't want fruit that shows up one day, ready to be picked, and the next day it's decayed and falling to and gone. I want fruit that shall remain. I want to be blessed now, and next year when I come back, I'm more blessed. Come on now. I want fruit that multiply and fruit that increase. Why? Because every fruit has seed in itself to multiply itself. Hey, I've learned God teaches us the same way we teach our babies. The first thing these babies learn in school is how to add. One plus one equals two. Unless you ask some of my kids, you got to be careful. Two plus two equals four. You know, they learn you how to add. When you first get saved, everything's added. People love you. You're the greatest thing ever happened. Everybody in church just recognizes you, and they love on you. But then when you grow a little bit, there's a season where you have to learn subtraction. And now you're not the fan of the party no more. You ain't the superstar in the church, and we don't say your name every time you sneeze or do something or pick up a piece of trash, you know. So now people start leaving you who used to love you and are not recognizing you and babying you like they did before. It's called subtraction. But if you can make it through the subtraction, the next step is multiplication. I've learned whatever got to go, let it go. I'm very good at saying hello, but I'm a whole lot better at saying bye, boo. Go on, get you some. See you later. See you, wouldn't want to be you. Don't let the door hit you in your bum. Fruit. That shall remain. I'm going to give you this and we're going to close. A stream is fed by runoff. Runoff. Has to have rain that runs off and goes somewhere in the earth, produces a stream. That's what the Webster Dictionary said, so. And Google said it too. There's God, Jesus, the Holy Ghost, and Google. Small g, but very intelligent. But the one thing you have to understand about a stream, it can also dry up. Because mm. if it don't get the rain from the earth, it dries up. It's depending on the surface things to feed it. It needs to be in a low place to catch everything. It's like it catches the leftovers. Hey, hey, hey. A river is fed from high places. The snow has to melt on the top of the mountain. That's what feeds the river. Come on now. There has to be a storm in a high place somewhere. And the great thing about the storms in the river is you didn't even know it rained however many miles away. You just see the river increasing. The river has the ability to change its course. Hey, 
It can follow the wind. It can follow the current. It can follow gravity. The river has the ability to expand its banks. The Grand Canyon dug that big old hole out of that thing. Look at that, the hole it left. Little bitty river now, but one, at one time that thing was raging. Come on now. Niagara Falls. People jump off Niagara Falls. They jump in a barrel, and they jump off Niagara Falls every year. And it's always white people. You'll never see one of us brothers in a barrel waving. I'm going to make it. See you at the bottom. I'm like, brother, the last 280 brothers didn't make it getting in the barrel. What's so special about your barrel? If it's that special, let somebody else try it out first. I mean, that's what I would do. Hire some stupid brother if you just get in there and have faith. He didn't make it. Back to the drawing board. Back to the drawing board. But no, they put their dumb white self in the barrel. No, white people. You don't even see black people in scary movies. We don't play with no ghosts. No. I'll tell, mm, I'll tell my people, brother, don't do spooky. Mm -mm. When I was a kid, they had that poltergeist movie out where that girl went in that TV. You know, and they tried to get her out and tried to get her out. I'd have turned the channel a couple times and be like, hey, I got, I got to go, that girl. And I did my best. It's black and white anyway. We don't need that TV. Mm -mm, brother, don't do spooky. No, I don't do spooky. Amen. <laughs> Every year, them white people. Pray for the white people. Amen. They just. You know, now the white people go, they want that phenomenon stuff. They want to go listen to a ghost or whatever, buy all this equipment, and spend all night in a place that they know is haunted. Where's the most haunted place? That's where we're going to spend the night. I'm like, white people. Brothers at home laughing their head off. Hey, man, look at them white people. Free entertainment, right? It's free entertainment. Somebody going to die? Yeah, they know somebody going to die. If a brother sees another brother running, he just starts running. That's how we do. White people are like, well, what's going on? What's the matter? There's a man with a gun. Well, let's see if he needs to be delivered. We're just going to see if we can help him out. Now, brothers. I had a good friend of mine, he wanted me to show him and his wife some alligators and, you know, in the Chafalaya Basin, we have a lot of alligators. And you got the crocs, like, boy, we have alligators. And they're dangerous, too. And we're going down the bayou, and these alligators are hitting the water. Big old alligators. And he, she looks at me, a serious tear in her eye. She's scared to death of alligators. What are we going to do if the boat flips over? I said, you don't look like you can swim that good. <laughs> That's why I went with y'all. Both of y'all ain't good swimmers. I could outswim both of y'all. I said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to outswim you. I don't know what you're going to do. She's like, they call me Rev. Rev. I said, somebody got to tell a testimony. <laughs> so, they ain't going to know what happened if somebody don't make it through this. Amen. And you know it's going to be a brother. Brother never dies in a spooky movie. Brother never gets hurt. <laughs> but then white people went in that water knowing there was alligators. So when I go to Cape Town, when white people. In Cape Town. Blow my mind. You know, and I tell him every time I go, the great white shark lives here. He don't pass through here. He lives here. This is his casa. His home. He eats black seals. Your white self goes to a store, buys a black wetsuit. You never seen a brother do that. You never seen a brother do that. 
puts on some black fins, gets on a black surfboard, and it looks just like a seal, and now you mad at the great white because he bit you. He's the only real brother in the whole picture. What's wrong with you, white? I'm like, there has to be a color he don't like. Give me that suit, amen. I'm not saying I'm getting in the water, but I'll take a photo by the beach or something. Oh, no. Great white shark is in there. You want to go swimming? Them two sentences don't go good together. I'll go in there and get my ankles wet or something, you know, kick a rock, but I got a pool with the hotel. <laughs> Ain't no great white shark in there. The river's fed from high places. It's time to get fed from the high place of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's time that we let the Holy Spirit feed us. And if we're tired of man feeding me, I want the Holy Ghost to feed me. I don't want a mist. I don't want some little stream that can dry up. I want a river to flow in me, through me, out of me. I want something to better expand me where I can do more in God's kingdom. I can see deeper things in the spirit. I can prophesy more accurate. I can do more in the kingdom of God. Come on now. Amen. Streams are good, but streams are starting places. I want something amen, that's fed from a high place. I don't know where it comes from, but I know it goes through me. It touches my family. It touches my finances. It's going to touch my country. It's going to touch South Africa. The only thing that can touch anything is what's flowing through you, and it has to be a river from a high place. Oh, stand with me tonight, amen. From streams to rivers in the supernatural. That's my title. From streams to rivers. 